Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. I'm your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for another September 2021 edition of the podcast this week. Got a little bit of unsettled weather that's moved into the area here on Thursday and Friday. Hopefully it clears out in time for the weekend, but we've got a great podcast in store for you today. We're going to be joined by a panel of experts led off by MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. We're then going to be joined by Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. And last but not least, we'll have proud MFCC member Bruno Demir join us from Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. So as usual, we've got a great guest lineup in store for you today. So let's kick off today's program and head to Ryan. Well, leading off today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, as usual, is MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. And Ryan, we're coming live on a Thursday this week for the taping purposes. And it's a little bit dreary and a little bit stormy out there. It is for sure, but I'm out here dethatching my lawn today. So I'm still, at least I'm outside doing something. I'm not stuck inside. Yeah, the the rain has let up. We got some good thunderstorms this morning. I think it's going to be a little unsettled over the next couple of days. But we still got a great podcast in store for everybody today. I uh, want to lead off by just kind of thanking uh, the MFCC community and for the folks that are kind of new to not only the podcast, but as new members from My Fishing Cape Cod. Uh, the, you know, the response to the podcast over the last month or so, especially since we've made some of the podcast public, has been tremendous, and it just seems like the community just kind of keeps getting better and keeps getting larger. Yeah, it's great, and I've spoken with a lot of new people via email this past week, and if you're listening, if there's anything I can personally do, if you have a trip coming up or anything like that, sometimes just getting a little tip here and there can make a big difference, so feel free to reach out. The folks who have been contributing inside the forum, owe you guys a huge thank you. Seems like every time I log on to the forum, there's something new popping up, which is really terrific. Yep, we always have new content as well, Ryan. You do a great job putting things up on the website daily. And I know you also have the Norwalk Boat Show coming up, which you're going to with the members of the the Goose Hummock. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the Norwalk Boat Show, I will be there on Saturday and Sunday. I think it's the 25th and the 26th. And actually, I'll also be there on that Friday. And my first seminar is actually Friday at 5 p.m., Saturday at 2 p.m. I'll email this out to everybody, too. But if you find yourself down in Norwalk, Connecticut, or maybe that's where you live, where you're listening from, it'd be great to see you at the boat show. The topic for my seminar is Fishing Cape Cod in 2021. So my goal is to share a lot of new video clips from this past season and just briefly touch upon every single type of fishing I've been able to do so far this year. And speaking of all the different types of fishing you've done this year, we're going to do a little bit of a whip around exercise with you on all the different species that are kind of floating around in the waters surrounding Cape Cod and inside Cape Cod Bay this time of year. It's a great time of year to go fishing. And we're going to start off with Spanish mackerel. All right. This should be fun. Spanish mackerel. I have actually heard about quite a few Spanish mackerel caught over the last couple of days. 
seems like most of the activity is in the Vineyard Sound area. If I had to wager a bet, I think from Hyannis down towards the Elizabeth Islands, if you're looking for Spanish mackerel, that stretch, I'm hearing that people are catching them, epoxy jigs from boat and from shore. And I know from my own personal experience, there's a decent amount of big gator blues around as well. There are. And a couple of days ago, I made it out onto Cape Cod Bay with my friend Garrett. And I actually wrote up a whole blog post about it. You can check it out over on myfishingcapecod.com. But we found some nice bluefish, 30-inch bluefish. We didn't catch a ton, but we probably hooked up to six big blues in just a few hours of fishing before sunset. And like I said, we're in Cape Cod Bay, not far from the east end of the canal. So that's definitely an option right now if you want some bluefish for the smoker, which is exactly what I'm doing today. I have bluefish going in the smoker as we speak. Now, how about striped bass? You know, I've been meaning to surf cast for stripers. I almost went last week down to the outer beaches, and then I got a message the next day from MFCC member Rich Junard. And he slayed them down there, and I almost went, but I got lazy, and I ended up going to bed. So I am really chomping at the bit. I want to get down to the Outer Cape beaches. I've heard of some peanut bunker blitzes here and there in the canal, I think mostly towards the east end. Nothing crazy. But I haven't actually checked the canal forum today or yesterday, so I'm not sure what's you know, been going on at the canal in the last 48 hours. Bluefin tuna is next on the list, Ryan. I know there's a ton of wreckfish around. Yeah, I know Bruno got some somewhere east of Chatham, I think, trolling bars. Seems every time I pull up the MSCC Instagram page, somebody's posting a tuna. And the, the tuna form as well, it seems like a lot of folks are having success with the little ones. There were definitely a ton of little fish down to the vineyard earlier in the summer. And now it seems like a lot of those little fish have moved north a bit off the outer cape. I'd imagine up on Stellwagen there's some as well. On Monday, I was pulling my boat at the Sandwich Marina, and there were some guys bringing in a 95-inch uh, giant that I imagine they probably caught you know, somewhere in the southwest corner area. I heard tuna.com was poking around that neck of the woods too. So if you see a wicked tuna boat near where you're fishing, you know you're in a good spot. How about fluke, Ryan? I know you get a chance to get out fluking earlier this year with Bruno. I did. I did, and I haven't done any fluking in probably three weeks, I'd say. But interesting you mentioned that because last year and the year before, I did pretty well on fluke inshore in the coves and bays of Buzzards Bay fishing around the peanut bunker schools. So that's something you can give a try this year if you're near peanut bunker school, trying for albies or stripers. Well, feel free to drop a bucktail jig or a castmaster or an actual peanut bunker down below and let it hang out underneath the school because there could be some fluke laying down there. And I had a lot of fun last year doing that. So that's uh, something I might do over the next week or so. We'll see. And speaking of Albies, let's get an Albie and Funny Fish report. I know you had a chance to get out last week with your parents aboard the Miss Loretta and do some Albie fishing. The Albie bite this year seems to be pretty good. And it seems like the Albies are also pretty good size. The Albies I've caught so far have been 
you know, good size zombies. I haven't caught a, a small one yet by my standards. And I haven't heard too much about Albies in Buzzards Bay yet, which I'm kind of surprised by. Last year at this time, I know there were some real nice feeds. They could be happening right now, but maybe I just haven't gotten word of it. But Vineyard Sound has been good. And I know, of course, Bruno's been getting them down off Monomoy. So just all those spots off the south side are, are producing Albies. And I'd like to catch one from shore. I've got some ideas. And hopefully I'll get down to some inlets, which are always good places to try for Albies from the beach. And speaking of fishing from the beach, Ryan, how about brown sharks? Well, this is the last hurrah right now. The guys that I've brown shark fished with in the past, they've always told me like around mid-September, it seems like it really, really dies out. So I think you still have a chance if you want to give it a shot. But that season is definitely ramping up. We've hooked them before during September. I don't know if we've ever hooked one this late in September. But I know the first week, 10 days, we've, we've hooked them before. So I'm sure there's still some around, but it's definitely time to go now because they're going to be migrating out, and we won't see them again until next June. Let's flip the script and talk about some bottom or, or ground-dwelling fish, Ryan. How about to tog at this time of year? I know you and I are used to kind of catching them in the spring, kind of alongside the black sea bass season when that starts up. But what about fall to tog? I've been seeing them in Cape Cod Bay. I've got some rocky areas that I like snorkeling at, and I like uh, dropping some underwater cameras around. And over the last couple of weeks, I've seen Tautog. I haven't actually targeted them. So they're definitely in Cape Cod Bay. I've got a scuba, dri- scuba diving friend who said he used to see them off of Horizons, off Sandwich there. And I know over by P-Town, like in P-Town Harbor, I think, the breakwater would probably be a good bet. And then in Buzzards Bay, folks in the forum, uh, Doug Peebles, he already posted that he caught some. And I remember in years past around this time, people telling me in Buzzards Bay that they get tautog in their pots and the lobster traps. So right now through November, I think we'll be pretty good for tautog in Buzzards Bay. And if I remember correctly, I seem to always catch a lot of small ones. Like the keeper to uh, non-keeper ratio is, is tough in Buzz's Bay this time of year. But as the water cools, I, I think I usually do better with regards to catching more keepers and less shorts. And speaking of kind of bottom fish, how about scup? Scup, ooh, interesting you bring that up. I've been thinking of trying for scup from shore. And I remember two years ago I watched a guy down at Wacoit from the inlet there this time of year catching keeper scup on squid. So I'd, I'd like to give it a try. We'll, we'll see. Interesting you bring that up. It's always cool talking about these kind of disregarded species. Everybody gets excited about tuna and stripers. But MFCC member Todd Holden has been creaming scup all summer long using small little lures and jigs and ultralight tackle. So if you're interested in that, go to the forum, do a search for catching scout from shore or something like that, and check out Todd's post. It's really cool what, he, what he's doing, catching these nice big scout on small little lures. Now, coming up in another couple weeks, I'll give you a second to catch your breath, but coming up in another couple weeks, we have a surf casting tournament, I believe. Uh, is that October 2nd, Ryan? It is. It is. 
October 2nd. It's a Surfcasters tournament. I think we've got close to 50 people registered, which is pretty cool. And we're making it a members-only tournament, but if you just are listening now, if you want to join, you can just join the site and then join the tournament. That's fine. And it's got to be based off of the Cheeky Tournament. So we'll head out in the morning. You can fish anywhere on Cape. And then at the end of the, the day, the team that has the most combined inches will be the winners. And I'll have some prizes. We'll do some drawings. Be a good chance to get together and have a little fun. Well, I'll let you catch your breath and, and get on your way. Thanks for sharing so much of your time with us on today's podcast. That was a, a fun exercise, doing a little bit of a whip around on all the different species that are available to target on Cape Cod. Yeah, it was an exercise because you're right. I need like a glass of water right now. I've been talking nonstop. Well, thanks for joining us, Ryan. Really appreciate it. And we'll look forward to catching up with you on next week's podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Talk to you later. Well, next up on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good friend Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock in beautiful Orleans, Massachusetts. And Phil, how are you on this busy Thursday? Oh, yeah, we got over the storms of this morning and we're now getting ready for the Norwalk Boat Show next weekend. So I'm currently just about to put our casting tank on the trailer ready for a road trip. So always something going on as a shop, as you know, Kevin. Yep, and we'll hit on the Norwalk Boat Show coming up in a little bit in our conversation, but I want to back up to last week, Phil. You and I were texting back and forth a little last Friday, and I, I called in the shop to check in and see how everything was going, and you were out on the water doing really well with some wrecked bluefin, I hear. Yeah, we had it. We had a, a good trip last week. We went six for six, um, which was cool. The first time I'd really targeted them on the new boat, and then... We, we had an even better session a couple of days ago where we actually went 16 for 18. The blue the bluefin tuna fishing east of Chatham is pretty damn good right now. And Phil, when you're catching all these uh, wreck bluefin tuna, is there any, I'll say, spread that's working for you or is it just kind of lights out? It doesn't matter which bar you're using or if you're using Ballyhoo, it just doesn't matter. It, it's kind of... I haven't been using Ballyhoo, probably because I'm lazy, but the, the bar bite is phenomenal. Um, the, the green machine a couple of weeks ago was the color of choice. Um, the other day, it was very much black, black and purple, and pink and white that did the, did the job. So it's kind of a mix. One of my friends was out there with Ballyhoo, and yeah, he caught on the Ballyhoo. He also caught a Mako shark on the Ballyhoo. So kind of Ballyhoo gives you a, a slightly better chance of a bigger or different fish i mean we everyone we caught was 44 to 46 inches so mm. very very tight slot size what's called under slots um between 27 and 48 and then um yeah a couple of guys managed to bag a bigger slightly bigger one to to make it yeah, an even better day out getting a fish in 60 there's a couple of 60 inch fish but they were mainly in that, like I say, 43 to 46 inch. And I've been hearing a ton about these wreck fish, Phil, even in Cape Cod Bay. You know, guys are having a blast in Cape Cod Bay itself. Uh, there's a ton of bluefish in Cape Cod Bay. And a couple guys I know have uh, actually found crashing tuna on schools of bluefish up on the surface, which is unbelievable. Um, what are you hearing about giants as well, Phil? Are, are some of the bigger fish still around? Yeah, the bigger fish are still around. It's um, it's a bit of an interesting dynamic now. You know, the, there has been fish in the bay. 
they especially used to Chatham, they fish on on um as you further go further north on to Stalwag and I think the thing that's the thing that's killing us right now is if you do target these things commercially is that the buyers aren't interested because there's so many fish. They're catching giant bluefin from New Jersey through Maine, so mm. the buyers aren't really interested and the price for tuna is dreadful. Um so yeah, I'm, I for one, I'm actually encouraging anybody with the right license to go and have some fun on light tackle for the smaller fish, and and hopefully we wait until October, November until these bigger fish are worth some money. Mm-hmm. But they are out there. You know, one of my friends fought one for five and a half hours today, and he lost it. Oh. He still fought it five and a half hours. So uh, yeah, there's some big fish out there for sure. Now, I know, Phil, you're plugged very much into the captain community, and there was an event over the past, you know, 10 days or so since we've last spoke, the Nantucket Bluefin Blast. And you and I talked a little bit about off-air. Can you give just a, a quick recap on what you know about how that tournament went with all these fish that are in our waters? Yeah, insane numbers. You know, Sean Delude on Trashy Thoughts won the tournament, so congratulations to an Orleans boy. Um, but he caught 57 bluefin to win the tournament. Most of them in the morning, which is just incredible numbers. And the second place, Albacore had 41, I believe. And there was nearly 500 fish caught across some 20-something boats. And they were fishing an area called the BB Buoy, which is slightly south, 10 miles south of the Regal Sword. And that's this huge body of fish, you know, moving north. But, yeah, 57 bluefin in three or four hours is insane. Amazing. I mean, fair play to Sean. That's an incredible feet yeah those numbers phil are mind-boggling and it just puts some credence as to you know how many bluefin are actually in our waters here all around cape cod getting a little bit closer to home phil i know you've been focused on bluefin i just wanted to check in on the striper bite if you're hearing anything you know out toward nasset beach or anything that's going on out there from shore yeah i yeah i walked i walked nasset beach the the other evening with my wife and there were six boats 200 yards offshore so they were commercial fishing so you know the, the striped bass are definitely there the evening is better than the day um but there has been some really you know some really good good action off the beach all the way from north all the way up to truro so you've got you know 25 miles of beach to go out so just look for the deeper water and you know look for any life signs of life there's been peanut bunker there's been pogies there's mackerel there's silver sides there's all sorts of bait in the water. Um, you know, a couple of times walking the beach, we've, we've seen them, you know, crashing out there. And it's a mix of um, bluefish as well as striped bass. So you mm. don't quite know what you're going to get next. Um, and, you know, God forbid, there's even a possibility of a tuna, dare I say it, because, you know, we were fishing in 60 foot of water at one stage. And that's not far off the beach. I mean, I, that's what I'm seeing right now, really close to the beach inside Cape Cod Bay there's bluefish kind of feeding on some of these peanut bunker schools that are like, you know, acres, you know, of peanut bunker. Then that draws the bluefish, and I'm I'm kind of in the tin boat, you know, waiting for maybe on one of these bluefish feeds, you know, could could a, could a couple bluefin come by? <laughs> yeah, no, and, you know, Cape Cod Bay is normally a blue, you know, I use bluefish pretty much all the time when I'm in the bay. That's mm-hmm. my number one bait. Yep. And the guys, you'll see people fishing them on the kites. It's a, it's, yeah, on a kite rig, it's a really special special moment when they hit a kite and you see that 700-pound of bluefish come clean out of the water on your bait. Yep. So it's pretty exhilarating when that happens. 
So yeah, that, and that's why the that's why the bluefin are in the bay. They're chasing those big bait fish. Yeah, you use a twelve pound bluefish as bait. You kind of put some perspective how big these fish are. Talking about the Norwalk Boat Show, Phil, before I let you go, I have it on my calendar here, September 23rd through the 26th, 2021 at the Norwalk Cove Marina. There's tickets for the show still on sale. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about what Team Goose is going to be doing as they head down there to take part in this show? Yeah, we're, we're taking Yoshki down with us, so we're taking the boat down on Tuesday, so the boat's going to be there so people can see that. Um, we're going to have the full show booth there. And we're doing 20, 30 seminars on anything from sea bass to intro to tuna fishing, fly fishing. We're obviously going to be promoting Cape Cod very heavily as we want our uh, friends in Connecticut to visit us in the summer. Um, so we'll be there really kind of representing Cape Cod and the community down there at the show. The Norwalk Boat Show, it's the 23rd through the 26th of September. As I just mentioned, the Norwalk Cove Marina. And the hours are pretty much 10 in the morning to 7 at night for that weekend. So if you're in the area or you're interested in making a little bit of a road trip, I believe tickets are only 15 bucks. Phil. There's plenty left available. So hopefully some of our listeners come down and pay you a visit. Yeah, come and say hi. It'd be nice to see you. All right, Phil, thanks so much for fitting us into your schedule today. I want to wish you the best of luck at the boat show, and we'll talk to you sometime soon. All right. Cheers, Karen. See you later, mate. Well, coming up next on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. Bruno, how are you on this thundery Thursday? I am awesome. Hello, MFCC members. And uh, we're just trying to stay dry through this uh, rain thunderstorm day. Yeah, we get kind of a dreary day today, Bruno. Looks like we might have some more unsettled weather moving into the area for tomorrow and the early part of the weekend. But earlier this week, it was actually really nice. Did you get a chance to get out on the water on the Gaviota? I sure did. The Gavi was out there on Tuesday. And what were you guys fishing for on Tuesday? Um, well, so the, there was a lot of guys catching some really good wreck fish out at Crab's Ledge um, over the weekend for about uh, five, six days before I went out. And then, um, and then I said, you know what? Let's go out and get some recreational sized tuna, since they're right at uh, Crab's Ledge and within a few miles off the beaches. So um, we uh, we pushed off the uh, we pushed off the um, docks at 4 a.m. and uh, headed out in pitch black, made it around Monomoy and steamed up to um, Crab's Ledge and. Um, there was a uh, we had some, we had some decent winds uh, a couple of days before that trip, and that kind of mixed things up. And those fish, unfortunately, were not at Crab's Ledge. Um, there was a lot of boats out there, and they were almost hooking up. And uh, we saw some birds, got excited, ran over under the birds, and it turned out to be a huge pot of dolphins that uh, put on quite a show for us. They were just jumping out of the water, full breach. I felt like I was in SeaWorld in Florida. Mm. Um, but it was quite a scene. It was, it was awesome. And uh, we were out there till about 8 o'clock, and Kevin, the radio would not stop with guys talking about how Regal Sword was on fire. Huh. Recreational size tuna. And I was a good... 28 miles away from the sword on the north side of Crab's Ledge 
And uh, I just couldn't take it anymore. So we <laughs> packed it up. And uh, I said, you know, let's just go to the sword. And worst case scenario, if we show up and we miss the bite, we have our cod jigs and we can always bottom fish while we're out there. Mm-hmm. So we uh, picked up our lines and started steaming out to the sword. And uh took us about an hour and 45 minutes. And we got to the sword. We were right over the reef. And uh, within 20 minutes, we were limited out with two 44-inch bluefin tuna. Beautiful. And what was your setup like for these uh, school bluefin, Bruna? What were you throwing at them? We were trolling uh, a green machine tuna bar. Got it. Um, that's... That's pretty much the go-to for those things. From here down to the Carolinas, everyone loved the green machine and so did tunas. Uh, we were also trolling a pre-rigged bali hoop with a skirt over it. Uh, although one of the dolphins was upset and cut my line and I lost the skirt. So I was also trolling a bali hoop without a skirt. And we were also trolling a uh, squid daisy chain. So we had three lines out. Uh, we dropped the we dropped the uh, green machine down the middle, only about forty yards off the stern of the boat. Yep. And that one got hit first. And um, on the second troll, uh, the Bollywood was out the farthest, um, and the Bollywood got hit the second time. And Bali, who was actually on spinning gear, so that was pretty fun bringing that guy in. Um, the other two were just on, you know, um, uh, regular uh, level drag reels, 30s, actually. That's what we were using, 30-wise. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you, if you were able to, to get one on a spinning rod. And so that sounds like it, it was probably a pretty fun time for whoever was fighting that thing. Yeah, my cousin Alan was fighting it, and uh, he... He just took off, and that rod bent over. We were pretty excited, and ah, uh, you know, we 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 fought we fought them for like fifteen minutes, and um, and got it to the boat, and it was it was it. We were good with two fish, eighty-eight inches total in tuna. So, um, after that, we said, you know, while we're out here, let's drop a couple cod jigs, and we start pulling up cod. Uh, out at the shipping lane and um after three cod coming up i just looked at my cousin and we had been up since three in the morning and we had tuna on board and i said do you do you really want to pull cod up from 180 feet right now and (laughs) we we were pretty exhausted so that cod fishing came to an end pretty quick after we realized how tired we were and we started steaming back to the barn and um and we flayed a bunch of tuna and that bunch of tuna steaks and sushi for the rest of the day. Yeah, that sounds great. How much meat did you get off those fish, roughly, Bruno? If you had to guess, like how many pounds of meat? I would say 60 pounds. Yeah, I was going to say they looked, you sent me a picture of them and they look nice and round, nice little footballs. Yeah, I figured, you know, you probably waste 20 pounds of them with the head and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, between the two fish, I would say. 50, 60 pounds of meat. And, yeah. to, and to me, Bruno, as someone who's only really gone tuna fishing uh, with live bait, with, you know, it's a different fishery inside Cape Cod Bay. 
it's generally a live bait fishery. You don't see many guys sure. trolling like like you guys do. So it always sure. it always fascinates me to hear about you know how many rods you have out and what the spread looks like. And, and if you've got a rod that's you know uh, if you've got a bait like a bar like you said that's only forty yards off the stern versus one that's a hundred yards off the stern, which one's getting more action? So it's it's interesting for me to hear too that. You know, you got a bite on that bar that was in kind of close to the stern, and then your second bite was way away from the stern on a ballyhoo. It just goes to show you, sometimes they're so hungry and they're so aggressive, they'll pretty much hit anything. Yeah, you know, if if, if any of you guys ever want to get into the schoolie bluefin tuna action, uh, it, this is good. this starts beginning of September and goes all the way into October. So your best bet is if you want to get into it. Um, you know, keep your radio on, um, wait till a couple guys go out before you the day before. And it, it, the word gets around pretty quickly that they're biting good out there. And if you, if you east the Chatham and you're bottom fishing or striper fishing, um, believe it or not, for whatever weird reason, the Regal Sword and Crab's Ledge, um, has pretty good, uh, radio transmission so you can hear the guys when they're screaming and they're saying i'm four for six six for six um and the funny thing with these recreational fishery guys is you know uh, unlike commercial where there's dollars and cents on the line investments in fuels and rigs you know recreational guys don't mind sharing the knowledge when it's you know live and in the mix on the spot you know so you know, if you bring a couple of heavy-duty rods with rollers with, you know, 60-pound test, just bring two rods with you and buy a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of um, trolling uh, bars and just keep them on the boat. And if you're fishing and you hear the guys talking about how great it is and it's nice, calm seas, well, stop what you're doing and shoot out there. And that's your best chance of getting them. Unless you want to invest time into going out there Every week, you know, uh, that's a different ball game. But if you're just starting to get into it and you just want to get an opportunity out at it, that's your best bet. And you don't have to spend thousands of dollars. You know, people say, oh, just in case you get a monster on that on that uh, tuna bar. Well, you know what? If you get a monster on a tuna bar, you're probably better off cutting it loose because you're not going to sit there and fight it for four hours with a small rig. But you'd be surprised, you know, what you can bring these guys. And the key to it is, just to have a lot of line capacity and a decent drag. That's mm-hmm. about it. And Bruno, one other thing I wanted to touch on was fluke. I know you're just active in that a little bit earlier in the season, and I know you've turned your focus to bluefin, but what are you hearing about fluke? Are they still around? They're still around. Guys at the marina texting me pictures because they know I'm a fluke freak, and uh, they're still getting them down into Nantucket Shoals. And uh, you don't even have to go all the way down. You can get them at the uh, shoals on the north side of the Nantucket Shoal system. And last but not least, I know I'm catching you in the office today. I'm usually catching you on Thursdays or Fridays when the weather's good out on the Gaviota. But what's going on in the office down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi? Anything good? Sure. Now we just got a batch of new Mitsubishi Outlanders. They're winning awards right now, J.D. Power just named the Mitsubishi Outlander top four on the list of dependability. So we're selling out every time we get a batch. We just got another 10 vehicles in. 
from the factory. So if you're interested in an SUV and you want to pay $8,000 less than a Toyota Honda, you got to do yourself a favor and check out these new Outlanders. Bruno, thanks for making time to catch up with us on this week's podcast. Sure do appreciate it and hope to catch up with you next week, buddy. Sounds good. Tight line, guys. Thanks to Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi for sharing some time with us on this Thursday and joining the podcast. And thanks to all of our guests that took time out of their week to join the show today, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Phil Howarth, the owner of the Goose Hummock Shop down in Orleans, and last but not least, Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. Sure hope everybody enjoyed today's program and is going to be able to get out perhaps get a line wet this weekend. And as usual, always appreciate you guys listening to the podcast and any feedback that you provide. We are all ears on suggestions for topics and potential future guests. So thanks very much for listening. And until we chat again, this is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off. Tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at MyFishingCapeCod, tight lines and take care.